0: Friday, it's 12 o'clock, which means it's time for Wow Ergonomics with myself, looking quite dapper today, I do feel. Very dapper. Graham Cove. And you, Stephen Howe, looking um Less dapper. Well, it's just less... like me. <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: that good? Is that bad? Who knows? Well, like... I
0: think it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, do I see uh, a reduction
1: in the number of bottles there, or have they just group themselves better in the background? No, actually, I have to be honest. It's one of those floating shelves, you know, you get from a Swedish furniture store Never and i didn't know yeah i didn't notice last week it was sagging and it was leaning forward so I, anyway last weekend i took it off and reset it hence why it probably oh. looks a little bit better it was like in in danger of everything sort of falling forward so that's the the hang on that way that's the adjustment to the prime shelf behind me
0: well I, i'll tell you the reason for the uh the shirt and tie today mm-hmm. was that we actually had a comment we as did. we prefaced this show from okay. the uh, the amazing Mr Guy Osmond. And he said, are you going to wear a shirt and tie? Uh, And I said, if I have to, yes I will. You said, I don't know whether I've even got one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, So I've made sure Mm. if you're watching, Guy, shirt, tie, but also, to keep it real, tutu as well. So there we go. I hope you appreciate that, uh, Mr Osmond, because you know, uh, you can't judge a book by its cover these days no.
1: I, I see the abuse Looking very with, professional
0: mr Cope, and then i've actually
1: completely ruined it there we yeah. are and then he abuses me by saying not you so um well how very very rude anyway i just spoke, we, to, I just spoke to him half an hour ago he did say join the show and he was true to his word so there we go
0: well this is the show as you know for anything to do with ergonomics wellness Office culture, and we have a very special announcement stroke guest this morning. We do. So let me make all of that disappear and let's introduce our guest today, Mr. Ben Catton. Here he is. Hello, hey. Ben. How are we okay. doing? Hello. We're
2: good. Thanks Thank for having you. Me on. I'm
1: loving well, the tie.
2: It's a, it's a very very nice one, Graham. But Steve, you know, I, I love a hoodie as well, so don't Yeah,
1: worry. I, it it is my standard. In fact, do you remember that Graham about 2 years ago when we started the show, we did try and get Superdry to sponsor us and we were by constantly wearing their gear, but funny enough, we never heard back from them, so. It, yeah. it's i don't think we've fell into their demographic really i mean I think oh, was... too,
0: uh, t- you're too old is that the, is the problem absolutely yeah, yeah. Exactly. i think once uh, once we get to a certain uh, age then it just falls off ben do introduce yourself t- tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and tell us yeah if people haven't already picked it up on the social media platform this morning your little bit of news yeah. So
2: yeah, thanks for having me on. So my name is Ben Catton. So I will give you the short version because the long version would be five hours, even if Hollywood got a hold of it. Um, yeah. So we haven't got time. But yeah, so Ben Catton, I'm the founder of uh, a couple of different businesses, uh, a small chain of performance gyms. And also a health and wellbeing app for employees, which I'm sad to, you know, lucky to say sort of goes everywhere now, looks after a lot of people. But the amazing news, which I am super, super pleased to share with everybody, is I'm actually now, I'm pleased to say, I'm the managing director of Ergo Chair Limited, hence the back. I haven't just gone out and bought 17 chairs and (laughs) almost fell in with them for the sake of it. There's a reason. Well, you wouldn't necessarily have chosen those colors, would you? No, I wouldn't have. I I'm, I do like a funky colour. I've gone blue today because it's a Friday. It's just that yeah. day. But yeah. I, I love a funky colour. My first ever job um, was actually in a tailor's. I was a tailor's apprentice for a couple of years. So I can still chalk a suit pattern today if I needed to. And uh, oh. it was a terrible wage, but we got paid in tokens. So I ended up buying ties, cufflinks, suits and all manner of nonsense, which I don't wear anymore.
0: But I love it. <laughs> So you must have really enjoyed it when you were pursuing this as a, as a potential option when you got to visit the factory there and you actually could see the tailoring that That's happens the, there because let's yeah. make this clear that doesn't happen everywhere. No it doesn't and and that was one of the things that really
2: attracted me to it so I you know my most recent life shall we say is running a company called Wellme, which is a technology app and it, the technology industry and the uk manufacturing sector don't share a huge amount of space all right there may be not obvious bedfellows but walking onto the ergo chair site in yate yeah, it's the craftsmanship that that brought me in i mean we have people here that are not only skilled and passionate but i mean they've been here longer than i've been around some of them i hate to say it and that's <laughs> not a judgment on age because age isn't it but they are skilled craftspeople and what fascinated me was that intersection between Mm. a real personal product you know this is something that's designed to change someone's life in one way or another and the fact that actually it's it's made with a combination of technological manufacturing and somebody there with a sewing machine somebody there with a piece of chalk you know a guy with a leather punch and a hammer I mean that just
0: that fascinated me that was how they got me that was how they bit me in I, I don't know whether... Have you ever been to the um, factory there, Stephen?
1: No. many It's been m- promised many occasions by Nick Arnold, but he's never never fulfilled on that promise. So I'm sure oh, Ben will be, uh, I'll ben will down, be more yeah. reliable than, uh, than Nick. Thank you, Ben. That'll be great. I'll get you down. You'll be walking out in an Ergo chair hoodie as well. Oh, f- perfect. Wait, wait Tuesday?
2: Yeah, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, let's uh, see. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I, the last
0: time I went there, I took some photos because there was there was one station there where someone's got all of these little marks on the board of all of the, you know, you know, kind of working towards perfection. And I love all of that. I I love the fact that people passionately care there about what they're putting into the product. And I, yeah, I don't maybe. think you see that no. in too many businesses.
2: No, definitely not. It's, it You don't, you know, not just businesses, but in every, in every walk of life now, I mean, you know, that, that level, that intricate level of detail and care and attention, sadly, is, you know, is lost in, in, to an extent in some things it has to be. But isn't it great that we've still got it here? And that's kind of part of the mission now for me is to to take what we do on that level, that, that personality, and show it to more people. Let the world kind of see what we do, not just us here, but as an industry as a whole. There's so many good stories. and They're just not being told enough. Yeah,
0: absolutely. How, how do you feel that you're going to bring your two worlds together if you like and push this company forward because I think that needs to happen within the industry I think you know we do need to understand the way that technology is moving our lives forward and you've obviously got a handle on that with the things that you've done before how does that now play out in terms of Ergachev without telling any secrets obviously but
2: yeah, there's, there, there's a nice big game plan and dossier in place and I'd have to shoot you if I showed it to you. So obviously we won't do that. But um, the the, the, th- the beautiful thing about technology, everyone, you know, we're humans, right? So we fear what we don't understand to, to a large extent. And we can understand that. But the thing about technology, everyone's talking about AI at the minute. Technology is a force for good. It's a force for evil. It can be used either way. And it's in it, it's in the user. That's the power. So what we have to do is, is actually understand that, we can put this service, this product, which changes people's lives. That's when we get down to it, you know, sitting correctly for your job or otherwise and being pain free or as pain free as you can will change your existence and actually technology about, you know, first and foremost, is just a way to to get that, that tangible benefit out to more people. Actually, I've been in the, the industry now a matter of weeks and you would be amazed at uh, the amount of people that i have spoken to and they've gone i just did not know that even existed you know as yeah. far as they're concerned a chair is a chair but a chair is yeah. not a chair is it i mean a ch- we, we were sat down for some of the most important moments of our life good or bad you know i was sat down when they my wife told me she was pregnant for the first time i was sat down when they handed me my son i was sat down when i had bad news good news so we spend so long sit, sitting down standing up looking over a desk perching you know it's only fair that if we've got the ability to make people do that you know in a better way then we get the message out and that's where technology is it's about the messaging you know the days of
0: knocking on doors with leaflets uh, probably gone and one of the other things about technology is that it can help from an accessibility point of view it can help bridge the gap in terms of difference if you like mm, yeah and it's, it's one of the one of the things that i don't know has necessarily got out there as a story yet within what you do which is that sense that it can actually help from an inclusion point of view all right i just see it yeah. in your posts i know that you know that's part of the story but i think it's something that maybe. Is kind of missing as part of a a, a wider narrative in terms of ergonomics full stop is this area of inclusion, because I I still think there's too many people looking for a one size fits all solution and not understanding that. And we should all understand that now after the pandemic, right, Mm. is that actually we are all different and we do need things that suit us. 100% we do. 100% we do. I mean, all the
2: way down to, you know, the little nuances. We talk about clothing and actually our personal preference on clothing. Actually, it all comes down to the formulation of our experience over our lives, right? There is absolutely no reason why we would assume that anybody on the left of me or the right of me will, will share the same experience to that point in their life and need the same solution. You know, that's, that's exactly it, Graham. We've we've just got to understand that inclusion's a big thing there Even if I look at the tech industry that I've that I've come from, you know, the most the most viewed piece of content we produced in a, you know as an app for five years was understanding my colleagues during uh, Ramadan and Eid, and that was the most yeah that was the most widely viewed piece of content. People are ready. For inclusive communities, they're ready to understand their colleagues, whereas before in years maybe we've we've tolerated and we've we've we feared what we don't understand again. But people are ready to understand now, and they're ready to be inclusive. And you're right in ergonomics; that's something we've got to push. Can be a bridge.
1: Stephen, question? No, I was no, I was thinking it was really interesting what, what Ben was saying there because I just wondered that like you were saying about that about sort of Ramadan and Eid, etc. I wonder if I wonder if that was that proactive piece of 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 work you were pushing out actually addressed the fact that some people maybe weren't comfortable to ask questions and therefore people are looking for answers but maybe don't know how to ask the question or are slightly uncomfortable so that was really interesting that how well that was received clearly people wanted to know more but weren't sure how to maybe approach either getting the information or asking the question
2: yeah i think you're right steve i think that's i think that's a big part of it you know we, we've we've got you know we look at ergonomics, we look at office furniture, specialized or, or otherwise and the solutions that are there you know desks, mice, keyboards, all these different solutions. Um, and actually the, the the problem largely is that this information this powerful information, the industry hasn't put it out in a format that's yeah. easily accessible. you know the the information's there. I did my dig in when I was you know was getting into the industry, but it's the format that it's in.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and it's one of the reasons we started this and we've done some fairly disruptive types of content along yeah, the way. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, there you go. Um, you know, over, over the last summer, we did some content, which was like reactive content to, to stuff on, you know, uh, video content where we were looking at clips from the office and things like that, bringing it back into things that people can understand you know, and I think half of the problem has been that the industry has just put out content, which is content for the industry. I don't think this is the only industry that's guilty no, of that. Definitely but this not. is definitely an industry where it's been like, oh, look what I'm doing. And the rest of the industry goes, yay, well done you.
1: You know, It's very, else... it's very self-serving marketing, isn't it? It serves everyone who's in the circle or in the no, but actually, what we all need to do is get away from that inner circle, as it were. And it's the end users and the, and the economy and the and the businesses out there as a wider whole who need to understand it. Us just sort of keeping that a bit like secret squirrel, keeping all that information between us is all very well, but you never grow, you'll never get more engagement outside of the same number of people unless you push it beyond the the realms of the people who are within that community. Exactly. We can put a link, you know, we, any
2: of us can put a LinkedIn post out with terminology that we know is going to be understood by industry peers. And we can probably predict the five reactions on LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. and Instagram and know who they're going to be and when they're going to do it. Well, actually, what, what's the point? It's a self-perpetuating cycle, exactly as you said, Steve. If we're going to break out, you've got to break out and you've got to do that with different language, mm-hmm. different terminology, different visuals often. You know, and, and in a format that isn't easily
0: consumed by industry peers, it needs to be a different format. No, absolutely. We've one of the things that we've done recently, Ben, on here is we've brought in to this as a as a program, we've brought in people that don't know anything about ergonomics. I love so that. we've brought in people from different sectors and and very recently we've had quite a number of people from the marketing world. And and one of the questions I've got them to ask or answer is. If you could market ergonomics, mm. what would you do? What, where, where is this going wrong? You know, because people can, when they see it, they go, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I see it. See the benefit, et cetera, But people aren't doing it. So mm. where's the disconnect? And it's yeah. been really interesting to hear some of those answers, has not it, Steve, in, in terms of where we should go. We, there's nobody in this sector that does anything with influencers there's nobody yeah. in the sector that tries to change the narrative you know well apart from us maybe but well, you know yeah. that's the present
1: th- company excluded
0: exactly but that's that that is the big issue here you know it needs to we need to be looking around at what the pain points are for people out there one of the big things in particular that we've talked about is the term ergonomics itself Mm. all right and we've had so many people on where we've gone what do you understand by ergonomic and we've had some really interesting answers where people have said oh I actually assume that that's a bit of a cheap term Mm. because it's been so overused by so many people now that suddenly everything including my mug
1: is ergonomic but we yeah. said, didn't we, we said it, it sort of, it's, it's evolved from, uh, into an adjective, hasn't it? I've got the, I'm going back to my English class. Yeah, you are, you are it's, basically, right. it's basically evolved in a way of describing something. So an ergonomic chair, an ergonomic mug, an ergonomic whatever it would be, where where, where it can't be. It, it, it physically cannot be because that product, you know, will only fit, a, will only work for an, a small number of people. So by definition, using it. But like we said, though, Graham, wasn't it? If you go back to when when we started the show, when you look at things like when COVID and lockdown and people working from home, there was a big rush to go and buy things for people working from home, and suddenly that word across various websites was just stuck at the front of everything. And to the people who don't know enough about it, and that's no reflection on them, oh, it's got the word ergonomic right. I'll stick that in the shopping basket. Well, that was one of the last well, most...
0: two with them that was the funniest thing about some of the reactive com- uh, commentary we did you know we actually we did one episode Ben. i have to send it to you where we looked at probably some of the worst chairs on the market As and, the, are... and yeah. yeah and they were on various shopping sites um and <laughs> <laughs> and every other word was ergonomic 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 and yet it was like a cheap metal chair which mm. which folds which would yeah. probably break within two minutes, you know, there's nothing ergonomic about it, you know, but it old, just... though, and
2: it, it's it's success through association, isn't it? You know, we, once the human brain is associated a certain relevance to a word, if it, if it sees it enough, then we're going to hit click and we're going to purchase. Yeah. And unfortunately, those very powerful, you know, shopping channels as we know they understand the power of the word and it's you know a different word in a different context but my, my problem word at the minute if you like and you'll get used to me because i do have bugaboos so I, I, I try okay. not to tangent too much my problem word is partnership right because the trouble right. is partnership is a word at the minute that exactly as you have said steve it's moved beyond the realm of what it should mean yeah and everybody on linkedin facebook instagram loves the idea of a partnership but actually they're not what what is that let's let's define it yeah and ergonomics yeah exactly that is is the same but we've we've got to find a way to to work back from that we've got to find a way to give the meaning the word a powerful meaning again and a specific meaning again but i think that's probably a long battle i mean we've got to be aware that you know exactly as you said Stephen. you relevant you know covid and everything that brought with it it was a long period of time and it changed people's perceptions and we can't expect them to shift back in 18 months mm. we've got to be prepared that it's a it, it's a long battle but we've got to learn from from young companies in the, you know in different industries maybe that are doing things correctly um you know and actually maybe look at startups in different industries in the tech industry you know often we, we talk about startups and we'll look and try and identify Maybe actually that startup will be successful purely because they are doing things differently. They are going against the grain. They're going rogue. And Mm. some startups succeed through attrition with a really good product. And other startups, actually, the bit they do get right is the marketing. So we do have to learn from others. Can I ask you, Ben,
0: having looked at the industry, do you feel that there's been sort of a, a, a lack of regulatory oversight with it as well because one of the things that we've seen is we've seen people just enter into the industry use that terminology suddenly say i'm an expert after two minutes and a a pint of beer and and away they go and then suddenly everyone goes they're an expert in this because they they've self-pronounced themselves an expert (laughs) (laughs) whereas actually Clearly, there are people that have done their studies, know what they're talking about. You know, you, as a company, you deal with professionals who have got, uh, you know, qualifications in physiotherapy and things like that, you know. But they can't stand out at the moment from a white boy over here who's yeah. just flogging a chair. And, and, you know, this person over here who really does know how that this is a medical Solution and will change somebody's lives for the better. You know, where, where do you think the industry should go on that? I,
2: th- I think I think you're right that there's probably a grey area in in terms of regulatory, f- you know, frameworks Framework. that are yeah. going to help us define true knowledge and actually, you know, perceive knowledge. I think you're right. I think the the reality we come back to that platform, don't mm-hmm. we? That's where we've got to use technology exactly as you say. We can't mm-hmm. stand out at the minute because technology gives everyone an instantaneous platform, which is fantastic. I mean, it's the same reason why the three of us are having a good Wag today, right? Because we can do it really easily, really quickly, and we just go online. But that platform, as it should be, quite rightly, is there for everybody to access. So I guess it's down then to us to go, right, well, everyone's going to get a light shone on them. But it's up to us from a marketing perspective and from a power perspective to give transparency to why this person is being put in front of our lens, you know, that's yeah. the reality and that's a hard thing. And I think regulatory wise, think it'll happen, but I gotta be honest. I think we're probably a little way from that in, in mm. time timeframe. Yeah. So in the meantime, we just got to do, we we've just got to do right. And what's the famous saying? If, if it's wrong, it's wrong, even if everybody's doing it. And if it's yeah. right, it's right. Even if nobody's watching you do it. So actually that's what we've got to do. We've got to be right, be transparent, know that our fact sources are correct and put those brilliant people up. I mean, I was at the DSE event with with the fantastic Guy Osmond and, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, at Aldwick Court not long ago, a couple of weeks. And we've got the people in the room that, you know, I, I am the novice there. I've come from a different sector. And two hours with them, and I've I've soaked up so much. I've got the fantastic Nick Arnold here at ergo Chair. I mean, I won't blow his horn too much because if he watches this, he won't be able to get through the door with big But... But He's has, lost a lot of weight, though. so you know, He has to be it, fair. He's done yeah. really well. But he has forgotten more about ergonomics than I will probably ever be able mm-hmm. to compute. Yeah. So my mission there is, again, here, you know, from an ergo chair lens, I've got someone like Nick. I've got to find a way to put him out to the masses. I've got to find a way to say to everybody, hey, this guy is the real deal. he can change your life and nobody has put him in in front of the right lens the right way so that's what that's what i've got to do and that's what we've all got to do with our own people that we know is put them in front of the lens and trust that transparency wins through
1: but graham do you not think maybe some of this if you go back to its rawest sort of starting point is the fact that the the whole dse hse piece is never fully correctly implemented it's it's perceived and worded as guidance and therefore you know what we what do we hear people should be having dsc assessments is it every year or two years people should be having DSE assessments if they're working at home people can't even decide that you know well well, exactly and that's the problem what what, what sort of undermines the whole sector is the fact that it isn't actually legislation it's guidance And, and and corporation abc plc will interpret it one way and Corporate Corporation DEF Limited will co- will, inc- will will read it another way and therefore what you end up is a situation with different companies doing different things for the same group of potentially employees doing the same job. So, you know, it's great. Sec- this company over here is doing everything. This company is doing nothing. And you've got that huge disparity, haven't you then, between almost the haves and the have nots? It's It's all down to, Companies' interpretations of what the regulation is and what they do and don't issue their staff to make them become more healthy and productive in their in their working days i I think for too long the whole
0: industry has kind of centered its marketing activity around DSE, though and Mm. i think that's part of the problem Mm. what we know is happening now is that there is a culture change within businesses younger ceos coming into businesses are concerned about health and well-being one of the main reasons they are concerned about health and well-being i looked at some stats in uh, earlier in the week about this is because a, a much higher percentage of ceos are suffering mental health or physical health conditions themselves they know the impact it's having on them and they want to see a change and then they want that change to implemented throughout their organization because they understand properly now how that has an impact on productivity somehow what we need to do as an industry is really get into that dynamic and say actually it doesn't really matter uh, how you do a process etc what what matters is we need to be proactive in this not reactive in this anymore would you say Ben yeah i think you're 100 percent right and i you know i i won't mention any
2: names to give specifics but they can be inferred from my uh my job history on linkedin if anyone wants to know who i'm talking about but so in a previous life i worked for one of the uk's largest private healthcare providers right now i quickly realized when i was working from that the best employee well-being benefit was 10 off at zz's right i mean that's And that is unfortunately systemic of of, of every industry, and that's private healthcare. That was part of the reason why I founded WellMe and did it the way I did it, because there had to be a better, quicker, more proactive way. But for years, even after founding Wellmeat, I mean, we were knocking on doors of very traditional boards of directors. And as soon as you said the word well-being, they pictured whales, candles and just, you know, yes. warm towels. It just it was nonsense. But exactly that. and And they weren't even interested in hearing that you had a technological solution that was going to actually improve their bottom line. They didn't see it. They didn't understand the connection. And to them, it was a superfluous extra that was a nice to have. But you're right, both of you, what you're saying and actually the dynamic has changed and that tick box exercise, yes, to a large percentage, it's still a tick box exercise, but they understand that times are changing mm. and it's by the time they come around to it next time, it will not be a tick box exercise. It is not a nice to have, it is a requirement from both a, an efficiency and a productivity point of view, you know, from our KPIs, but also it's a requirement if you if you just want to get on with life if you just wanna be an efficient business. I mean, talent pool as well. You know, unless you actually, as a business these days, down to LinkedIn recently, uh, most people that that are on here watching this, if they manage a LinkedIn business page, will notice that the commitment section came up, asking you to reaffirm your business and your commitments on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's not a show, I don't know what is, that actually, unless you publicly show your affirmance to well-being and, and the, the health and well-being of your staff, they're not going to want to work for you. Anyone under the age of 25, guess what? They probably look at the employee well-being and the employee benefits before they look at salary. Yes. So that says it all, I think. Time and for that's
0: change. a complete sea change com- yeah. compared yeah. with how it used to be. And I, I, th- I think that's really where this sector needs to go uh you know it needs to move away from sort of like being preachy about ergonomics and and say well you know you you know like an old school teacher you've got you've got to stop doing that you know because that's that's going to (laughs) hurt you know and it got to talk about actually what the benefits are Uh, and also one of one of the things i've always been keen with ben is still think there's too many people within the industry i'd love to hear your take on this but i still think there's too many people within the industry who just stick to their lane and don't understand this whole holistic well-being piece because i just you i it just used to drive me mad i'd go and see people and i'd know that i was being sent there to assess them from an ergonomic perspective but it wouldn't take me long to understand because I was pan trained that actually this person had a specific learning difficulty. This person had a mental health issue. This person, you know, there was something else there that was pervading. And too much of the industry goes, well, Oh, that's not my problem. So we're not go- we're not going to actually help this person fully. You know, And I think we I've talked about it loads of times, but I think we have to start getting out of these silos of help we do
2: 100 percent. you know it's a kaleidoscope of potential problems right i mean again we've we've come across um i've I've come across people in my previous life and previous businesses where actually when we talk about the fact that they can't work they are literally at the point something is crippling them physically or Mm. mentally or both to the point where they cannot function and work despite what they want to actually the nuances of how we've got to look at that the different facets of what could be going on with them it's it's huge and you're right we can't stay in our lane we've got to be prepared and honest enough to actually deviate a bit and actually go do you know what I think I know what that is now and it might not be my bag but I know someone who can help and I am going to do the right thing and and send that across and I'm sure obviously Stephen you know he'll have points on it as well but I think from my perspective yeah there's fear again so we stay in our silo we stay in the box with which we're most comfortable with but just because we can't help them if we can identify someone who can that's what we've got to do.
1: It was. I know we've said it a couple of times on this show, Graham. But I always remember that that story you told me. And again, you've mentioned it about the the lady and the McDonald's. Um, you know, go, again, briefly say it. But it, you know, for for Ben's benefit, but that was a really a really good example of sort of going outside of what was perceived as the realm or the sphere you were working in to identify the problem, wasn't it? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Just to to let you know,
0: basically. I was probably about the fourth assessor that had been to see this 19 year old working in a bank. And it, every single assessment that had been sent in was an ergonomic assessment. And nobody, but nobody could come up with a solution. And that's because everybody was looking for an ergonomic solution. And people had made tiny little adjustments, given her this or given her that, <laughs> et cetera. Um, but in talking to her, I mean, one of the things was that was she was falling asleep at work. She was getting incredibly tired, etc. And I just asked the question. I said, What's your diet like? What do you eat? And she said, I eat McDonald's three times a day, every day. I eat one on the way to work. I eat go back out at lunchtime. I eat one, I eat one on the way home. Mm. So, you know, signposting her then to a dietitian who could like analyze her diet what her blood sugars were like etc enabled her to be well again right but the the trouble is too many i and i saw it all the time too many people within that sphere would literally go i don't want to ask any question i don't want i don't want to look at this outside of what i'm comfortable with i don't even want Mm to you know say well this doesn't look right there's, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong here that's obvious. Let's ask another question. So I think, personally, think that you know better training is required for people that are going out. But I also think you know uh, we need to encourage. We also within that process as well. I think we need to encourage employees to have more of a dialogue about what's generally going on in their life as well. And I, I think that's important place for uh employers to get to as well as good managers we should we should really start to be concerned with and I think young CEOs are you know what's actually keeping you from being as as you know happy in work and out work as you can possibly be and that outside of work thing's really important I don't think there's been a generation before that's really cared You know, as long as you're performing in work, they haven't cared about the outside work bit. I am seeing a difference there now. I am beginning to see people that are like, you know, what what happens at the weekend? What are you you okay? You know. (laughs) Yep, I
2: think I think you're completely right. The trouble is, when from a managerial perspective, I think traditionally. We've loved to say, you know, it's not just in this country, this is a global problem. But from a managerial top down perspective, we have loved to say, hey, you have the autonomy to let me know when you have a problem. But guess what? Like, autonomy is one of those words, right? Autonomy means absolutely nothing when fear is attached to it. Yeah. Because autonomy and fear, again, not good bedfellows. So saying to someone, you have the autonomy, Graham, and you have it too, Steve, that if something's wrong, I want you to come and let me know. Or even if you just want to chat, I want you to come and let me know. But guess what? If the fear of repercussion is still there, it means nothing. It's for for fugazi. It means nothing at all. So We have to say, yeah, the autonomy and the the right communication channels and exactly what you said, Graham, to actually training is crucial, but also to let the employees know come to us, even if it's a question, a broad question or a comment or a feeling or anything. And there are ways to do that, not just apps that I'm involved with. There's loads of different digital solutions to do it and in-person solutions, but they have to have no fear of repercussion, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what we've got to address because in a lot of places that fear is still there underlying every decision the employee makes about what they say, how they say it, and how long they take to put their hand up at the back of the room and say, there's something going on.
0: And don't you think we we want that? And don't you think we're getting there? It's just that it just needs that cultural shift. I mean, you've only got to look at what are the most uh, you know followed podcasts out there? Who, or who are the most followed podcasts? You know, who who gets the kind of traction in terms of social media? You've got to look at James from Brew Dog. You've got to look at Stephen Bartlett, people like that. They are leading by example because they are making themselves vulnerable. They are saying when this goes wrong. Yeah. They are saying, oh, cut today, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's important, yeah, because when it comes from the top and the top doesn't seem like, you know, this scary, oh, we do it, we're perfect anymore we are human mm. then actually that that then changes the culture within a business for people going well I, I i can put my hand up as well because the boss is saying that they're struggling yeah, yeah. 100% That's where right. You're 100% right. PDFs
2: don't change culture, right? We culture mm-hmm. change agents and transformation change, agents. it's been around for decades. But changing business culture goes further than than sending out a memorandum or a PDF. You're right. It it comes from top down. Mm-hmm. Previously, we, we've worked um, in one of my places. We've actually worked with, with a load of uh, long haul distance drivers, right, and HDV class one drivers. And the thing that helped them the most, the two things that helped them the most was, one, actually, we the crazy, like solfregio frequencies. Anybody know what they are? So they're audio tracks in certain wavelengths that actually are clinically proven to have an effect on your brain chemistry and, and calm you down. So no what whatsoever. we did was we played them for the long distance drivers when they got stuck in traffic jams. Right. We chose what might work and when to do it. That was the first thing we did. And the second thing was give them something that traditionally we said, well, how about giving them Pilates to do while they're driving, little Pilates movements they can do. And the fleet managers said, oh, they're not going to want it. They're not going to want it. Well, guess what? We gave it to them and gave them the autonomy to, to choose if they wanted it rather than their fleet manager deciding. And we told them that they could enjoy it without anybody knowing they were enjoying it. And guess what? They all did it every single day. Every single day, because they didn't have the fear of repercussion knowing they were doing it, and they chose to do it, and that's what it's all about, but we are getting there, Graeme, you're right, we are getting there. there's really good things happening, but we've got to keep pushing the line in everything yeah. we do.
1: Mm. I was Graeme. reading something earlier about sort of going on to a sort of sporting theme around what we've just been discussing there and and again, I don't know if I know Graeme, it's not necessarily your theme but Ben whether you follow golf but but Rory McElroy last week skipped one of the big tournaments in america and all the top players are allowed to skip one per season otherwise there's sort of financial implications and he 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 sort of came out this week saying look you know it was my own mental health and well-being that i actually missed that tournament so what will be quite interesting to see based about what you said ben about fear and repercussions is does he then get hit with a financial penalty or some sort of penalty for actually fronting up and saying, the reason I missed it was this, this, and this, you know, because actually what sort of message does that then send out? And I I guess the problem then, the flip side is is that then people potentially then start to abuse it, which happens with all sorts of things. It would be interesting to see he's come out and made that call. What's the implication? Does he get fined for being honest? and explaining he's missed out on something or he's chosen to not do something for actually for his own and his family's sort of medium and long-term mental health
2: yeah it's really interesting i mean when you look at golf obviously we could have a whole podcast where we just talk about the current situation in golf um i'm not lucky enough to play loads i've got an expensive set of clubs that i've put mud on a couple of times but i've never actually got (laughs) and i've lost a lot of golf balls but i mean we've got uh, live golf haven't we which is the, the the huge monetary situation there and then the pga and i think It's probably going to be denoted by actually who tries to take an early moral ground on that and actually Mm -hmm. come forward and say, for our players, that's not the case. You take the time and you do what you want. But again, that's the same in every business, right? Some organizations will be forward thinking enough to go, like we said, if it's right, it's right, even if no one else is doing it. Mm -hmm. So stop the knee-jerk reaction in business and organizations. And let's just, if it's right, it's right, let's do it. Let's do it lead by the front, lead by example and do it early. It'd be interesting to see. The number I saw for a fine that they put out there that he might get was astronomical.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, I I think it was, and and I've seen Andrew Shepherd's commented, and he knows far more about either than I do about God. his hand up for a podcast but it was some sort of big percentage of this end of season pot because they do something where they, they sort of reward people for how much sort of social media activity they've done and what they've generated and I think yeah. there was a talk of a big was it 50% or of what he was entitled to or something but you yeah. then start to think well it's what's the message we're sending out here someone's been honest yeah. put their hands up in, in the public arena and, and they get a penalty for it and surely whoever's in their marketing department should be looking at that and thinking
2: actually the kind of engagement we're going to get on that social media Mm -hmm. could be far far better than anything we're going to get about a normal tournament result so rather than rather than fining him we should probably be rewarding him i mean look at aldi and the cuthbert and the caterpillar thing and they've they've taken something that could have been a problem and just turned it into a positive that's what good marketing strategists do right that's what I,
0: I think that that is actually where we're headed with a lot of things in society, to be honest, is actually turning what people have perceived to be a problem in the first place into something positive. And actually, you know, where people stand up against monetary value on things, I think they will benefit long-term anyway.
1: Mm.
0: I think, yeah. I think that's where we're seeing that everywhere. And you know, I do music, uh, a music podcast with a lot of musicians we constantly talk about the kind of money thing etc but actually you know where musicians are winning is where they're actually talking about the way that they feel their mental health being much more open Mm -hmm. you know years ago and not that far back we put all of our music heroes on a pedestal and it wasn't healthy for any of them which is why so many of them took their lives right we're now seeing a different generation of musicians coming through where they are actually being honest and and raw and and actually saying, well, you know, I'm I'm fed up at the moment. I'm I'm struggling at the moment with this. And people are, you know, they may lose money out of that in one way, but they will gain long-term out of that as well because people feel genuinely, you know, connected to them in a way that they would never have done before. And I I think I think that that is kind of prevailing through the whole of society now. And that is the way that is the way that all of us need to sell ergonomics going forward as well. Nice to hear from you from Australia as well. Always good to hear people from the other side of the world. There you go. Global show. I don't know what
2: time I don't know what time it is for for you from Australia, but surely you should. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's Friday night. He's obviously oh, having yeah. a, been out for a few uh, a few sherbets and then come in and logged <laughs> into the show. I mean, why not? Why <laughs> quite it? right? Quite right. Yeah. What yeah. Else should you be doing at quarter to uh, quarter to one in Australia on a Friday night, Saturday morning? Nice to have you with us. Yeah. So Ben, it's been it's been great having you on today. Um,
0: Thank you. It's I guess you are excited to go within this industry. Yep. Yeah,
2: I, I massively am. I mean, anybody that's watching this and it's industry related. So next week, uh, myself and, and Nick are actually in Cologne for the big expo uh, into Zoom. Anybody that, that please connect. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a Duracell bunny. So if you see me running around like a lunatic and chatting to everybody, just shout coffee or wave one at me. Yeah, yeah. caffeine is the way to get me. But I would love to connect with everybody. I mean, yeah, I'm super excited. I feel like this is an industry that, A lot of people that should know this is here do not know this is here. And I feel privileged at the fact that I hopefully have a skill set that is going to enable that to happen and expand that kind of exposure. But as an industry as a whole, I've met some great people already. I've met some great characters and I just think the future is bright for ergonomics. But, you know, that's me and I'm very much a... uh, a momentum guy before we started this podcast i said to you didn't i both of you that one of my favorite phrases is is movement is life and stagnation is death Mm. um hence why i am go 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 but i'm excited it's a fun place it's a cool industry to be in and we're going to see what we can do
0: the future is bright you've got to wear shades as uh as someone once said thanks ben for coming on today yeah really enjoyed it thanks ben no cheers i appreciate you having me on Folks, if you've enjoyed this, please share with other people. Uh, We'd love it if you could uh, share it around your network. There's lots of people that perhaps have never even heard of Ergonomics. Lots of people may have never heard of Ben, but do connect with him on whatever social platforms you find him on. And until next time, bye for now. And you can always log into wowergonomics.com to watch this episode and previous ones too. Until next time, bye.